Thank you, Mike. All right. Scroll into my Bible. All right, so we're in the book of Romans. Last week we talked about the purpose of the book of Romans was Paul was writing to this this assembly, this church, not the buildings they were building, meeting in, but the Christians that were meeting in Rome made up of both Jews and Gentiles, Greeks, non-Greeks, that they were meeting. And Paul wanted to, wants to team up with these people as he plans on going on to Spain. So they're going to be his home base as he moves into the West and takes the gospel to the, the known world at that time. They're going to go. And Paul is reaching out to these Romans to say, let's do this together. Jews who were believed in the Messiah when they're allowed in Rome. Gentiles. And there's a growing concern among the Christians that, hey, we need to spread the gospel. I think most Christians, even today, would say that we have a need to spread the gospel. Whether we do it or not is another matter. But we, we admit, even today, there's a need. Let's spread the gospel. And he knows that Rome, this, you guys, you could be a powerful gateway to launching into the West. You ever wonder what God is calling us to be a launch pad for? Oh, it may not be Rome. It may not be Spain. But Laughlin. Oh, we're right here in the tri-state area with people that come here and then leave here. I wonder what we could be a gateway for, a launching path for. If we partner and say, let's spread the gospel, the kingdom further, <coughs> it can go further than ever before. And I like how Paul starts this, this, this section. His, he's introduced himself in the first part of chapter 1. And now he's like saying, alright, it's you guys. And he calls them the saints. The saints. Now that word has kind of been glorified to a point where you can't, no one can reach it, right? Only people that like have stigmata or something can reach it. But that's not what Paul is referring to here. Paul is saying, y'all, y'all people, yes, that's proper grammar, y'all people in Rome who believe in Jesus, y'all are saints. And I think he would even say that to us here in Laughlin, y'all who believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're saints. Because I think we, we, we can make it into something that's, that's different from what it is. Not necessarily better. Now, 
Paul, when he says y'all are saints, he's linking himself to them. He's not saying, I'm some super apostle who's going to come in and uh, Billy Graham everything. He's not saying that. He's saying, y'all, just like me, we're saints. And we're saints. Now the word saint there, hagios, it means to be set apart. To be set apart for divine use. That's what that means. Y'all have been set apart for divine use. According to Ephesians 1, it's something that believers are declared because they have Christ, because they have the authority of Christ because of their position in Christ as his followers. <coughs> then according to 1 Thessalonians 4, because of their position, we become more and more holy in practice as we grow and walk with Christ. And because of that, we are saints. You ever thought of yourself as a saint? You're like, I, uh, if you knew what I did this morning, that doesn't seem to matter. Think about this. Going back to Genesis chapter 1. Going back to Genesis chapter 1. Sorry, I forgot to turn my phone on silent. I'm going to do that real quick. You guys do the same before yours goes off. You'll be like me. All right. All right, going back to Genesis chapter 1. Think about this. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God creates all, and he says he sets apart mankind as his image, his statue. And he doesn't say, I set apart certain people as my statue, my idol, my image. He says, all of humanity is my statue. It's whether you act like it or not is the choice, right? Well, the same kind of idea happens when Paul says, y'all are saints. You are whether you like it or not because you have Christ and you have the Holy Spirit living within you. Now, whether you act like it or not, is a different matter. That doesn't take a place the fact that you are. All of a sudden, you don't have to reach sainthood. You just have to be what you already are. That's a lot easier than trying to work for something. It's a whole lot easier than saying, well, i got to become the best or the greatest, or the, and I beat myself up because I messed up this morning and, and I drove you know, 80 miles an hour to get here on time because I, was, I left the house late. Um, I wanted to be here by 9, and I left by 9.15. Um, you know, you are. Because you have the Holy Spirit, because of your position in Christ, you are a saint. 
No, you just got to act like it. You just got to be it. It says, you are set apart. Because that's what it means. You're set apart for his divine use. You just got to accept the call and say, I'm going to, when he says I'm going to do, or I want you to stop, or I need you to go, or I need you to stay, I need you to, we just got to follow. Because you are saints. Paul is a saint. They are saints. We're saints. And the purpose that's been set before us in that great commission. Remember that great commission. We're going to go back to it over and over again in this letter. Great commission. The purpose was go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. That was the purpose That was the commission we were given. Now, how that looks for you is different than that looks to to you because you are not the same person. God has given you gifts and says, I need you to do it this way. I need you to do it this way because you've gifted you. I've made you different temperaments. Some of you are teachers and some of you like studying and some of you are like, study. Oh, if I have to. (laughs) Some of you are like, Oh, I love giving my money away. I love giving gifts. I love giving uh, cookies. I love giving. If I can give it, I'm going to give it. And some of you are like, um, well, if I have to. Some of you are evangelists. You just help write out Jesus Christ is the way. You can go up to a person in every conversation, even though you break all the rules that they teach in seminary of how to witness to someone. They say, well, geez, tell me about Jesus. Every conversation ends up about Jesus and and how you can be saved. And some of you are like, can you teach me like uh, specific words that I'm supposed to say? Because I might be able to follow a, a, a script. <laughs> might is the key word. <laughs> and so Paul says, you know, you've made, he'll say later on, God has made us different. But the, go- the goal that we've all been commissioned to is going to make disciples. Which is not just say, hey, tell them about Jesus and get them past the salvation line. It's about learning to walk in his way, to follow his path, to be more like Jesus. And so they've been called out, whether they're Jews or Gentiles or Greeks or non-Greeks or, or uh, barbarians or 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 whatever word you want to refer to them as, the holy, they've been called out as being holy. And Paul, he continues on and says, I'm praying for you. And and it's no wonder he's praying for them. If there was a church in Jerusalem that was worshiping Jesus, no one would be surprised. Why? Because it's the religious center of their world. But in Rome, that's a different story. That's not where you expect to see Christians. Though their church will become, the Christians will become big enough to affect policies and, and whatnot eventually. But there's a thriving community of Christians. 
And so he's praying for them. He's praying that, that their, their ministry would grow and, and that they would spread. You know, as I pause right there. How much time do you spend praying for your ministries? For your ministries in your out there world? Ministries of the church, the, here at the church building. How much time do you spend praying for that? I mean, realistically. I mean... Some of you are really good. Some of you guys are prayers, and I'm so thankful for you. You guys are awesome. But, I mean, what tends to occupy our prayers, right? Well, I'm not doing so well today. I mean, I'm struggling. I didn't get enough sleep. Or, Lord, give me five more minutes of imaginary time to sleep. <laughs> you know, let me make it home in time before this happens, or... Get me a little bit further down the road before my car breaks down. And these are all valid prayers. I mean, but Paul gives us an example that we're supposed to be praying for the ministry to be reaching people and making disciples. And so he says... that we are going to go out and I need you to be holy together working as one another and he says I'm looking forward to getting there now a lot of times you envision someone like sending an e Paul sending an email and so someone gets it and reads it he sent someone he knows Paul has sent someone he knows to read this before the congregation Someone that was trained in how to say what Paul was meaning. That's how that worked. He went back to Jerusalem. He sent someone to Rome to bring this message. And he says, I'm so looking forward to it. Here is even, I've sent someone, I've paid good money because they didn't have the U.S. Postal Service or the Pony Express or anything like that. I've paid good money. I've had someone that I like, that I trust, to go and talk to you guys because I'm ready. We're ready. We're going to go partner together. And I wonder sometimes how we feel about that. Are, are we, do we come into, we become so stagnant sometimes, don't we, in our faith? We say, well, are we ready for what God is going to do? Sometimes we need someone like Paul to come call us out, right? I mean, we miss what God is doing all around us. And so maybe we, we need to pray, God, reveal to me what's going on around us. And so we pray. And so I think, I think about things like our next steps. Because that's what it's all about, right? It's about us not just hearing a wonderful sermon, and I'm sure you guys have been pleased and entertained. It's about what we're doing next, right? What are we as a community doing next? What are we as individuals doing next? Uh, our first charge that we found here in Paul is one we're praying continuously that the gospel may be spread, right? 
That the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ may be spread, that we may make disciples. And some of you, we have roles, different roles that we all play. Some of you are called to be in this building doing ministry here as people come in and as we develop our others into to being disciples. And some of you are called to be out there. And your ministry, and you say, well, that ministry is not for me. My ministry is out there where people are at and where, and, and, of course, we at church people, we always judge people that are not where we're at, right? We're like, well, you're not doing what I think we should be doing. So, uh. But we're praying for the gospel may be spread, that we may as a community grow and we may be the launch pad for something so much greater. And we do have that capacity as people are coming into this town all the time. And then we're a revolving door of a town, aren't we? I mean, you don't believe me. The school system. <clears throat> okay, I work with the schools because my kids are in it. So, by the time, okay, you start the year. By the time the midway point, half of those students have left. Now, you don't notice that because there's a new, new, new half of new, a whole new group of people coming in. That's just the way it works here in town, doesn't it? I mean, how many times have you guys seen people just come in and going? Some of you guys just snowboard yourselves, right? Part-timers. You guys are loving the fact that we don't get a winner here. You look at those people that are still stuck in the negative 20s and you're like, ha ha. We're a launch pad for people around the United States. And so we pray that we may be that launch pad, that the gospel may be shared, that we who make our, and those, especially for those who make their home here permanently, you may be the home base that teams up with these people that send them out and say, hey, we're going to take the gospel to the known world. And we spend so much time, this is touching on last week's sermon, I know, we spend so much time saying, what's God's will for my life, right? But he's already told you what his will is. And you go ye therefore unto all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And all authority I have given unto you until the very age, and I'll be with you until the very end of the age. His calling for us is to, 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 to say hallelujah. I love that word, don't you? Hallelujah. It's not just the song we sing. It's a word that means come worship God with me. That's what it means in Hebrew. It's, it's a call. Come worship God with me. And as we think about being disciple makers, that's our call. That's, I mean, that's why it's one of my favorite Hebrew words. Is because that's our call. Hallelujah. Come worship God with me. Come praise God with me. But you know, one thing I saw when I read this passage about Paul is he wants them to know that regardless of how they view themselves, 
how unimportant they may think they are, how in the grand scheme of things they really weren't. He wants them to think of themselves as holy. And I think he would say the same thing for us. Isn't that our next step? That regardless of how you view yourself, and some of you think yourself too highly, and some of you think yourself too little. Some of you think yourself is really important in history and nothing can happen without you. And some of you realize that in 100 years, everyone will have forgotten you. But no matter how you view yourself, he wants you to realize that you are already holy. You are already a saint. Called out, set apart for divine purpose. And all you have to be, it's not about reaching that. It's about just being what you already are. Can you be that today? Father God, right now I praise you, Lord. Lord, I pray that we are able to focus in on you. Lord, that, that Lord, you've called us to be holy. And Lord, I pray that we may be holy. Lord, I, I know that you've, pray, that you've called us out to be saints. Lord, set apart for you. Lord, help us to be set apart for you. Lord, we want the missions of your church, of your body of believers to grow. That you may be spread to the known world. And so we team up with people that are working and using our gifts that you have given us to spread your message and to make disciples and to teach and to, to preach and to work and to, to all the great things that you've called us to do. Lord, help us to remember that it's not about I, it's about we. As we focus in on you as we worship you, as we be holy, as you've called us to be holy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <coughs> All right, today we're going to offer a time of invitation.